get all the burps and coughs out of the way now. <laughs> <laughs> you brought me on this show. Farts are included. Yeah. Farts are included. Everyone farts and they're always funny. It's totally cool. <laughs> <laughs> All righty then. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Video Game Lounge podcast. It's me, your boy, John. And I just wanted to go over some things here at the top of this episode. A little housekeeping, if you will, just to kind of get things underway before we get into this week's episode. So, some of you may be wondering, John, you did a reaction episode to The Last of Us, episodes one through six. What the hell happened to seven, eight, and nine? Well, dear listeners, I have somewhat of an answer for you, and I hope that it suffices. <laughs> um, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to the end of my answer, though. Um, kind of going to Quentin Tarantino this situation just a little bit. You're going to hear at the end of this current episode with my guest, Tim Allen, where we discuss The Last of Us TV show as a whole. Um, I give Tim some time to introduce and talk about his podcasts. And before he does that, though, he has kind of a message to all podcasters, content creators, any anyone of the like, in that if you have an idea and you have something that you want to do as far as a podcast goes or content creation goes, and you're having fun, just have fun. Just continue to do it. Don't get stressed out. Don't look at the listens. Don't look at the at the totals, how many likes or comments you might get on an Instagram post or a Twitter post or something like that. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that's kind of what I started doing after a few of the Last of Us episodes aired for this show. And um, I kind of got into my head a little bit. Not that I was expecting any of these to just be, you know, groundbreaking content or anything like that. But I... Um, I kind of got in my head. I, I had lost sight of why I was doing the show and, and doing these reaction episodes. I, I lost sight of having fun. I got too worried about are people liking it? And when the episodes weren't getting as many listens as, as prior episodes was, I kind of, I really, uh, I didn't know how to handle it. And I kind of just took some, some time away and, I did have legitimate excuses for two of those weeks. On the week that episode seven aired, my family, everyone but me, got what I refer to as the Black Plague. Just a huge stomach bug that went through this household. Everybody had it except me. Just knocked everybody in this house out for about three to four days. And then the week that episode eight aired for The Last of Us, um, I had it and knocked me on my ass for almost five days. I, I got it really bad because I was taking care of everybody else. And then episode nine came and I was like, I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should try and crank out like three episodes or th like three hours worth of content or, or something like that. And I, I just kind of froze and I, I didn't put anything out. So if you're listening to this and you would like me to do an episode seven, eight, nine reaction to the show, I'd be more than happy to. Um, you guys know where to find us, reach us, VGL underscore podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Come join the Discord too. Message me there. Um, 
but ultimately I lost sight of what I was doing these episodes for. I genuinely do have fun podcasting. I have fun editing. I have fun making these shows and um, I, I keep saying it, but I really did lose sight of why I was doing it. And I got kind of just in my head. I genuinely enjoyed the show. I genuinely enjoy um, Last of Us as a, as a game, both part one and part two, uh, as you guys know and have heard me say numerous times throughout the existence of this podcast. So it was something that I was passionate about and something that I, I was just wanting to see if more people were enjoying it kind of a thing. Um, this was all me and how I was uh, losing track and losing focus of, of what was important for me, which was having fun. So I wanted to start there. And then secondly, I kind of wanted to just talk about what the next couple of weeks and or months are going to look like for the show. So this episode that you're listening to is aired on Tuesday. And moving forward, that's going to be our release dates. And we're going to go back to a bi-weekly kind of set up here, meaning every two weeks, not twice a week. <laughs> I, I would not be able to keep up with this show if that were the case. But yeah, so every other Tuesday, you're going to hear from VGL. And I have a couple episodes in the bank. And I kind of just wanted to give them a shout out. The next episode that you'll hear after this is going to be with my buddy Aaron from the Superpod Saga, where we talk about my favorite Final Fantasy game. You guys already know Final Fantasy X. That was a fun episode. I can't wait for you guys to listen. And then two Tuesdays after that, I'm going to have my buddy Ryan Yingling on from the List Off podcast, and we do a God of War Ragnarok spoiler cast. So I kind of been holding off on releasing this episode because I wanted people to have time to play the game as it's been out for, uh, by the time that episode airs, it'll have been out for about close to six months, about five and months and change. And we just go right into spoilers. Um, I can't wait for you guys to listen to that one. That was a very fun episode. Ryan is a great dude. And yeah, just can't wait for you guys to listen to that. So that's just the next couple of episodes that are coming out. There are more coming, more guests lined up, and a few more shows that I'm going to be guesting on that'll get a shout out here too. So please check out their content when I do announce it. So um, that was a long opening to this, but I just kind of wanted to give you guys a rundown of why there was a law again in episodes not airing. Um, I apologize. My goal is to try and get back into the habit of having these be um, more steady. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. And consistent. Consistency. There we go. Consistency is what matters. And so every other Tuesday, you're going to hear from us. Why Tuesday, you might ask? Just because it Everybody and their mom releases episodes on Mondays, so just trying to be a little bit different, I guess. Uh, we used to release on Mondays as well, as you guys know. Um, it's just to kind of give people a, a different day to look forward to the show, I guess. So thank you guys for listening to this opening portion. Sorry for rambling. I hope you guys enjoy the following episode. It's with my buddy Tim Allen. He is also a podcaster and content creator. You will know him from podcasts such as Eyes Forward March and Pandemic Guitar Podcast. We give those podcasts a shout out at the end of the episode. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Tim, I know you're listening, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you. And now, let's get to the show.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome in to the Video Game Lounge podcast. The podcast not here for the notes and news, but to talk games and drink brews. I am your host, John, and I am joined by my very good friend, podcaster, guitar player, and Last of Us fan, Mr. Tim Allen. How are you, sir? Good, good, John. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. I've enjoyed watching the show and then listening to your follow-up episodes right after. It's part of my it's my routine now. I like it. You like it. That's awesome. Well, thank you for listening to the to the reaction episodes and thank you for coming on, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. And uh I can't wait to get into this cuz I had this idea where like I called you uh, a couple of weeks back and I was like, "Man, I want to have you on the episode." Uh and I want to talk about Last of Us because you and I are going to come at this from about as completely opposite of starting points as can be. I wanted to kind of start there. What is your history with video games? Would you call yourself a casual video game player or are you really into it? Of course, I already know this answer, but just just for my <laughs> listeners sake. <laughs> I am the definition of a horrible gamer. <laughs> I, I, there's just no beating around the bush. Um, years ago, when I was a young lad and I had no responsibilities at all, except for doing homework, which I didn't do. Come on. Yeah. Duh. Uh, I did play games on, and this was back like the 386, 486 days, PC yeah. games, right? Uh, you know, I, I liked that. And then I started to uh, grow up and take an interest in a few other extracurricular activities. And that kind of went to the side a little bit. It was all about work and bringing in a paycheck. And all my work buddies, all they would do is talk about Xbox 360 and uh, Call of Duty. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, honey, I know we can't afford it, but we need to skip the electric bill this month and get an Xbox. I want to play with my friends. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know why she let me do this, but she did. <laughs> the problem is that as I was able to afford the game that all my friends were playing, they were getting ready to move on to the next. Especially with Call of Duty. That happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was really frustrating for me. And it's, you know, you get into gaming for that social aspect 100%. to shoot your buddies, or in my case, just get shot by yeah. your buddies. Same. <laughs> and, you know, so that kind of fell away as I moved on and they moved on and everything. And uh, it wasn't until a couple of years ago, I met a few new friends and they're all on uh they're all on the uh PS4. Same thing happened. Well, not necessarily. It's more like when I'm available to play games, they're not and sure. vice versa. Uh and now all of those friends have moved on to the PS5 and I just cannot justify spending that kind of money on something that's already X old, what 2 3, three years, years now? Yeah. Yeah, and Again, am I going to be able to play when my friends are yeah. playing? So that's kind of where I'm at. Although I do have to say this. I miss the PSP. The PSP yeah. was my friend and it got me through a deployment in 2008. Yeah. I love the PSP. The PSP was great. It should have gotten more love than it did. 
And I, I'm right there with you. I'm still rocking a PS4. Um, I don't think PS5s exist in the state of Maryland. I've not seen one in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> I know people that. Yeah, supposedly, yeah. supposedly they're becoming more familiar here. And uh, yeah, so on on that we can agree. Um, of course, you know from listening to our show, I am an avid gamer. Um, I'm also not very good. <laughs> I just enjoy playing. <laughs> and right. I have played this game called The Last of Us, part one and part two, and also the DLC. And that's going to be our topic today, because we're going to be talking about, ladies and gentlemen, The Last of Us TV show. And we're just going to dive right in. So, Tim, you came to this TV show kind of out of the blue. And I want to start here because I was looking forward to this TV show from from the moment it was announced. And I've, okay. I've played the games. I know the stories in and out. I know the characters. I know everything about this. So I'm, I'm curious as someone like you who, correct me if I'm wrong, you did play like the first three hours or so of Last of Us Part One, correct? Something like yeah. that? Yeah. So I've played... I've played a little bit more since the show Fuck came yeah, out. Yeah, let's go. Like most yeah. people have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, so uh, I I don't know why, but for whatever reason, my wife bought me The Last of Us Part Two for like a birthday present yeah, or yeah. something like that. And I'm like, okay, well, wait a second. Why would I jump into Part Two? So I went on to the PlayStation Store and I downloaded Part One. And it's a great game from the little that I've played. It's a great game. The story is amazing. The controls aren't super difficult at all. Not at all. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a difficult game to play, uh, even on like normal difficulty. I, 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 I never found the game to be incredibly difficult, really. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you a question that, that might give us a little more insight on that. How often do you find yourself playing video games? That's a good question because as I am now transitioning into a stay-at-home dad, I play I probably play every night at least for an hour or two. So it would be fair to say that if you pick up a game, you have yes. a couple of hours, a couple of times a yeah. week to play that game to focus on it. I'm a horrible gamer. I pick something up. I play it for 45 minutes to an hour, and it might be a month before I finally sit down to play it again. And by that time, I've forgotten the sure. story. I've forgotten the controls. And so now you have to start all over. And that's why, ladies and gentlemen, I am the definition of a horrible <laughs> gamer. So I do something similar because uh, like, I kind of get like gaming ADD because I'll do the same thing. I'll sit and play a game for an hour and then I'll go, okay, it's not that I'm necessarily bored. It's like, uh, oh yeah, I forgot that uh, I was also playing this other game and then I pop something else in and play that. A week goes by and it was like, um, what game was I playing and why? And, you know, <laughs> right. I, so I do the, I do something similar, but yet actually put down the controller for like a month. That's not something that I typically do. But so I wanted to I wanted to get around to this question. What was it about the TV show or trailer or anything that you saw for the series that you're like, fuck, man, this looks super interesting and I, I want to check this out. OK, so with a lot of video games that 
everybody knows. Yeah. I'll throw some names. I'll do a little bit of name dropping. There we go. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Doom. Mm-hmm. Just as two quick easy ones. Oh, uh, what's the other one? I think they did a Prince of Persia. Yep, they did. Uh, what's the uh, one where he jumps off the chapel into a, a thing of hay? Oh, yeah. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, right? Great video games. You play them for a few minutes. You got those cool things that you do that you're like, oh, this kicks ass. Yeah. But then what happens is it comes over to film a lot of times. It comes over to film, and it seems like they focus on that cool thing you did in the video game, and everything else is whatever. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know? So anytime that a game, whether it's something I've played or something I've heard of, when it comes to film, I kind of want to see it. Yeah. So I, I heard about this, and I'm like, this sounds interesting. And the trailers were great too, by the way. The trailers were phenomenal yeah. at drawing you in. 100%. They peaked yeah. interest. As as again, someone who's played the games and knows the story, I'm right there with you. The way that they shot the trailers and you know, they had you didn't know it at the time, but they were showing you bits of the final episode within the trailer. And that, you know, you didn't know when some of those scenes were going to take place. And I was like, man, that's Ellie's birth. I didn't know if that was going to be episode one, episode five or the last episode. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the trailers were amazing. And one of the things that drew me in as well, just off the jump, was that they got the composer from the video games, uh, Gustavo Santoyala, who is also from Argentina. He did the music for the TV show, and it's fucking unreal. It's so good. The music it in this is. show is amazing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because you, I know you know way more about this than I do. But it's all good. It sounds like there was a very, very tight bond between the video game, the video game creators, the people who put effort into bringing that to life. Yeah. I feel like they were ported into the series. Like, yeah. no, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Yeah, they... And and we can get into this a little bit kind of closer to the to the end because I do want to talk about this and why I feel like this has, at least for me, is the most successful video game adaptation for in, in a TV series or a movie. I do want to get yeah. into this, so I want to say that for a little bit. But yeah, I okay, I agree a hundred percent with you. Um, but I definitely want to pick that back up in a little bit. So um, anytime, this is your show, my friend. Oh, uh, all good, all good. So. <laughs> You like we were having um, a conversation in discord. I think it was like after episode four aired, like you and I talked for like an hour one night and we were just talking about how much we love the show. And it was amazing to me because and anytime the episodes would air on Sundays and I got done watching them, I immediately went to Twitter because I wanted to see like people's reactions. And it was amazing yeah. to me seeing so many people talk about the TV show who were kind of like you either didn't play the game, didn't finish the game or really didn't know anything about what the last of us was going in and people going, Oh my God, this was so cool. This thing and that thing. And it was, man, it was like being transported back into 2013 when the game originally came out and people talking about it. So I, I loved that so many people came to this show and got to see this story play out. Um, one of my favorite video game stories ever 
And I remember you and I talking because there were people like my wife got interested in the show. She doesn't Mm -hmm. like the fact that I play video games all the time (laughs) or have a video game podcast. Right. Weird how that happens. Yeah. And like she got invested. You you and I were talking about a couple of people that you knew that were got into it uh, as well. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the trailers were, I, I've kind of heard about it, and the trailers started hitting TV. And in my household, I am not the TV person. Sure. I could, we have more TVs than anybody should have. I'm surprised I don't have one in the bathroom, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Yeah. I'm not the TV person. I'm a, I'm a radio. I like to listen to my entertainment. And so we have the TV and all the channels. Uh, we, we would have the Korean channels if we knew how to speak or listen to Korean, uh, but my wife is the TV person. So we're sitting there and we're watching one of her shows, uh, just so I can spend some time with her. Don't, don't say that. Um, <laughs> and that, that trailer came on and I'm like, Hey, um, would, would you be interested in, uh, in watching that show? And at first she was kind of like, eh, I, I don't know. And after seeing the trailers, couple times she's like yeah actually i do i think i want to see that and then episode one aired and for us it was almost like a brand new date night like yeah. on monday night we're, <laughs> yeah. we're gonna sit down we're gonna make the time we're gonna eat our dinner we're gonna sit down we're gonna watch the last of us and right after episode one my wife is like holy explicitive <laughs> that was good and i was like yes it was amazing and yeah. so then for the next eight weeks, that was our ritual. That's awesome. And and then I mentioned it to my wife's mother. Yeah. And she was kind of like, she's a retired librarian, avid reader. Um, and I was like, this, this might be something that you would be interested uh, or interested in. And uh, after, I think it was after episode three, she started texting me after she would watch it and she would watch it on Sunday when it released too. And she would text me. She was like, OMG, da, 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 da. I'm like, stop. I yeah, stop. spoiler, spoiler Monday, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, it's just amazing how, whether you have heard of it, you've played it or you know nothing about it. You could literally jump into the show and enjoy the living crap out of it. And it was cool because, and I remember telling my, my wife this and she was like, oh my gosh, like, she's like, I never thought of it this way. Like I missed the boat on Game of Thrones. Like I wasn't into, it's not that I wasn't into the show. It's just like, I, I had so much going on in my life while the first like three seasons were happening and I didn't get on board with that. And then people I knew were into it and I was like, man, you guys are like three, four seasons ahead. I don't want to play catch up. Like it's. You know, I just kind of missed the boat on that one. And I do want to go back at some point. But for me, like the last show that I can remember, and this is going way back where like I, my wife and I were like dedicated to kind of watching as much of it as possible, uh, would have been like lost way back in the day. Oh, wow. Like, I don't remember another TV show that was so much in the zeitgeist of, of people talking about it on a weekly basis. Like, like I'm a huge Star Wars fan and a nerd too so like when the mandalorian and all these like disney shows come out like there, there's a certain sect of people and, and, and nerds that that want to talk about it you know but it's not on everybody's lips where like this show was or game of thrones house of dragons the rings of power the lord of the rings tv show right like 
this show by the end of it when when the season finale aired had more viewership per episode than uh rings of power and house of dragons i'm like more people tuned into this fucking show i'm like jesus man i never would have thought that that was possible (laughs) they did it right they really did the show right and i i think that's what helped it explode and going back to your the last show that you like really watched you really followed I was trying to think of what that yeah. show was. And the first one that really comes to mind is Nip Tuck. Yeah. Um, and I know there's been a couple others after that. But The Mandalorian, the first season was great. Loved it. Yeah. Second season came out, and I was just like, eh, I got better things to do. I'm kind of there with so you. That's yeah. what just it blows me away because, and I, I, I know, I just... Come yeah. on, see, we're, we're going to talk about it later, I know, but season yeah. two, come on. You know, a, a thing, like a TV show that my wife and I got into, but it wasn't a, a weekly episode deal like this is, where people were like, you know, just on the edge of their seat and they got to wait a week in between viewings, right? But like, my wife and I binged Squid Game last year, or whenever that, I think that was last year. Squid Game was, was pretty cool, but it wasn't it, like we watched all nine or 10 episodes in like three nights because we were just hooked on it. But that was like everybody talking about it, but not like a weekly, oh my God, what's going to happen? You know, like that type of thing, you know? What do you think that is dying? I don't want to say dead, but do you think that's dying? Because growing up, that's the way it was. That was reality. Yeah. You found something you wanted to watch. You watched it and you waited right. a week and then that episode, it's just like podcasting. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, we're both in that uh, podcast world where we just can't feasibly drop an episode every single day. True. So yeah, we drop an episode and you're going to wait a week or two weeks, whatever your podcasts uh, frequency yeah. is, you know. Uh, I think people have been spoiled by the ability to be like, oh, hey, here's a new show. And here, here's all. Go watch the entire season tonight. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, I I watched another show on um, Amazon. Like I I watched uh, Reacher, which was a fucking awesome show. Reacher was awesome. And I was like, cool. I just blew through all eight episodes in about 36 hours and I'm going to have to wait a year for season two. (laughs) Like I, I think more shows would benefit from the weekly um, airing rather than putting the whole season all out at once. So I I can appreciate the way that Disney does it because, you know, you get to see the actual individual viewership per episode, which like last of us did like, the episode one got like 4 million views. And then by episode two, it jumped up to like 8.9 million. Like it's steadily increased with every single episode. Because people were like, holy shit, this show is awesome. And it was like, everybody was talking about it. It was all over social media. Like, I think that's the way to generate the buzz. So that when episode four, five, six comes out, you got more eyes and ears glued to your television or computer screen watching that show. Well, and I don't mean to derail this episode at no, all, it's fine, man. but could that be something that had to, in some way, shape or form, could it be plausibly connected in any way to the pandemic where all of a sudden everybody's at home all the time? And so people are just binge watching everything. 
now that people are going back into the world, <laughs> being a productive member of society, right. I don't have 10 hours to sit in front of the TV and binge watch this. Yeah, I I think you're onto something there for sure. I, I think especially 2020 and for, I'd say, probably a large part of 2021 when people are still figuring things out and, you know, uh, games were coming out, shows were coming out, movies were coming out. Like, yeah, I think that there's some probably uh, some truth into that for sure. And don't worry about tangents, yeah. man. We're we're tangent heavy and yeah. and on this show, and it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, look, when something Squirrel. pops in my yeah. mind, <laughs> I gotta chase yeah. it. It's all good. Um, so I wanted to ask you, like, because. Again, I know you've played a little bit of the game. Where are you? Can you remember where you're at in the game? Like what section? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the last piece that I remember uh, is is I'm I'm maneuvering around some containers, and I get all the way to the other side, and uh, there's like three guards that you have to kind of yeah. take out in order to get to the door you need to get to. And, uh, yeah, for some reason I'm not very sneaky. So <laughs> if I, I, <laughs> so you're talking about at the docks and you're looking for Robert, I know exactly where you're talking about. Okay. I, yeah. That makes, I think I'm a little bit farther than that, but that's the part that's sticking out in my mind. Yeah. Uh, there, and, and again, I started over after the last of us television <laughs> sure. series, came out i was like yeah i gotta play um i i can i can I, I need to join you while you're playing one time and i can be a little like angelic guide on your shoulder type deal because I, I yeah <laughs> you can be the, you can be the, the guy on the right yeah. shoulder backseat like, gamer <laughs> be very very quiet <laughs> um so since you've watched the show and and you have a, a pretty decent knowledge of who the characters are like what were some of your favorite characters or, or moments from the show that like stick out to you that you're like, fuck man, like whether it was a funny scene, emotional scene, action sequence, anything like that. So, okay. This is one of those things where again, I'm, I, I focus on something. Okay, good. Got it. Move on. And I, I, I I've got a 1980 hard drive. <laughs> I got to keep the storage clean. Right. So I actually have these conversations with my yeah. wife and I'm like, what were your favorite moments? What was this? For me, my favorite moment right off the get go, the cold open with Hell the scientists yeah, and how they're explaining the pandemic. I was just sitting there. My jaw was wide open. I'm like, how the hell did I not think of that line? How did I not think of that scene? Like, it was just crazy. Yeah, something totally for the show. I love the cold open. Uh, John Hanna acted out like fucking perfect, man. And I love that he's explaining the whole fungal outbreak and that they set it in like 1970. I was like, dude, what a stroke of genius. I love that. I love that. Yeah. If you know nothing about the series and like me, very little. Yeah. That cold open told me everything I needed to know to dive right Hell in. Hell yeah. It, it was perfect. Execution, 100 points, A+. plus. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, there were other moments that just took us by surprise, you know, like when we figured out how Ellie became in infected. Yeah. Like, when they flashed back 
to where uh, it was Ellie and her friend in the mall. Riley. Yep. Riley. Thank yeah. you again. 1980s hard drive. We're both like, oh, okay, well, that's how she got infected. Yeah. And then you get to the end, you're like, oh, crap, you should have cut that umbilical cord a little quicker. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know? Uh, and again, I'm military, if you don't know, so my humor's a little out there. It's all good, man. Uh, but yeah, there was, I mean, there were so many little things that uh, throughout the season that we could just go back to and be like, oh, that was neat. Yeah, I love that they incorporate, and it wasn't in every episode, but it was enough throughout the season because there is portions of it in the game that they also added in some of the humor. Like the joke book is is just a mechanic in the game where you can, throughout the the story in Pittsburgh, you, Ellie has these moments where she pulls out the puns and she's telling puns. I love that they brought that in there and then the scene in the truck with the fucking nudie mag is straight out of the game and they did it like almost one for one and fucking hysterical the first time that the joke book the pun book came out i didn't get it i was like "Eh, okay but then when they brought it back out i was like makes perfect sense i get it now yeah the nudie magazine i didn't even like i saw it (laughs) yeah i witnessed it I didn't catch it until I listened to your recap episode and I'm just laying there and I'm like, well, son of a gun. I missed that. <laughs> yeah. That was some of my favorite stuff. I, I think a lot of the stuff that they added, like, I, I don't think anything that they, that wasn't part of the game that is now part of the show. I think all of it was additive. I don't think it took anything away from the game. Like them kind of switching the whole Pittsburgh portion and sending it in Kansas City to me makes sense because they start out in Boston and they got to make it to Salt Lake City by the end of the journey. So to move them further along uh, in in that journey made sense to me. I love Sam and Henry's uh, story arc. That was I like that we kind of got more background. They made like Henry's uh, character a lot more important, which I loved because in the game, he's just from another group, him him and uh, Sam, they're just from another group. But the fact that he had ties to that city were pretty fucking cool. And he's kind of like public enemy number one. Um, I I love that they kind of gave him a little bit of background. And then my favorite thing that they did in the entire series that wasn't part of the games is that they, they made Sam fucking deaf. That is a stroke of genius. Um, I love that. I absolutely love it. And that that actor did a phenomenal job because he's actually deaf. And I, I thought that that kid actor was, like you said, man, A plus, 100 out of 100, man. Just so fucking good. Yeah, and I would not have known that because I haven't made it to that point yeah. in the game. Um, but just from watching the show and not knowing that backstory... Yeah, I agree. The characters just fit. The story was was told. I understood what was going on. Yeah. Now, this was a controversial one, and I, I wonder what your take would be, because I, <laughs> I, I have mine. So the character Kathleen, who is like the militant leader of Kansas City, some people, and I read a lot of articles online, didn't like her character. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, she was an easy character to hate. Very easy character to hate. But I was like, I don't know, man. I didn't have an issue with her character at all. Like, 
the the reason why I got sold on her character was um, the guy Perry. I I, I called him uh, Jesus with an M4 because that's kind of what he looks like, right? Because <laughs> um, in that one scene, he's he tells her like, "Hey, I know you're upset that your brother died, but like your brother didn't do for us what you did. You're the one that delivered us and got us to like, re- you know." Um, rebel against Fedra and you know, you're our leader. We're going to follow you to the end. I'm like, man, that scene sold it for me. Like she's new at this whole being in charge thing. She's clearly new to holding a gun and kind of having this newfound power. I loved her character arc. Not everybody's going to agree with me on that. And that's totally fine. Um, I, I didn't have an issue with her character. Honestly, I thought she was, she was fine. The only issue that I had with the strong, hesitant bitch leader. Yeah. I'll just say it. <laughs> it's fine. Um, she was, yeah. she, she just came across that way. She's, I'm like, I'm sitting there like, if I met you in a bar, I would walk away. But what I didn't, I, I understood, but what I hated about that was you're the hesitant leader. You know, everybody that's there, they know you're the leader. Their job is to follow your orders and protect you. Okay. So at the end, when she finally meets her demise, yeah. she's like, well, you're my people. I'm going to sit there. Well, you about to be gone. Yeah. You're the leader. You're the most important person in this colony. You need to go. And, and the people, uh, your, what did you call him? Uh, Machine gun Jesus. Yeah, I can't yeah Jesus with an M4. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that is the guy that should have been like, I'm grabbing you by the back of the shirt, I'm throwing you in this truck, and we are gone. Yeah. Let everybody else. But, you know, I guess their story had to end somewhere. Yeah. Fair point. I, I like that they kind of had a Bill and Frank kind of uh, demeanor to them. Uh, they they kind of do a little bit of duality there, which I... Yeah. yeah. Me, which which I appreciate. Um and, and Last of Us between both games and their DLC really focuses a lot on duality. Um What what is this DLC you talk of? Uh Left Behind. So the the episode seven where it shows Ellie and Riley in the mall, that is a downloadable content for the first game. That came out oh. after part one. So yeah. If you're playing the remastered PS4 version, it comes free with that. And it's, oh, it takes about an hour and a half to complete. It's actually, it's well worth your time. Um, they, they did a little bit of it in the TV show, um, but it plays across two timelines. It fills in the gap between what you saw in episode seven, where it's Ellie and Riley in the mall leading up to the beginning of the story. But it also fills in a little bit of the time gap from when uh, Joel is stabbed at the university and how Ellie kind of makes her way into the winter chapter is what it's called and kind of. OK. Um, and it's it's really, really well done. Um, it's got all the you know same voice cast and everything, and it's the same quality. It's actually really, really cool. And it's you can beat it in like an hour and a half. It's it's very short, but it's very well done. Um, which, which to my time playing equivalents into about 34 days, <laughs> give or take, <laughs> if you yeah, somewhere around there, just put it on like easy mode and it'll be fine. Oh, don't worry. That's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I've played my favorite game of all time is Diablo. Diablo. I, yep. I, I love Diablo. I love except for Diablo two. Diablo two can go throw itself in the dungeon. I don't like that one. <laughs> but the rest of them, I love it. I'll play it forever. But I still to this day play on easy mode. Nice, because I just crawl around and kill. Yeah, dude. I I have no room to talk there are certain games where i have to drop the difficulty as well man like i i like playing on difficulty (laughs) yeah (laughs) hey whatever is going to give you or any video game player the the most joy out of playing i'm all for it so if people play on easy man like i don't care um it doesn't affect me none it's you know if i'm the one shelling out the 65 70 bucks for the game let me enjoy it the way that i want that's my thoughts so <laughs> i mean that's a valid valid point i like the way you think so yeah i like the way that you think that i think um <laughs> <laughs> so um i i have to really kind of avoid spoilers since i know what the story of uh episode two is so i want to or episode two what season two is do you have any i've, I've seen episode two. yeah <laughs> do you have any <laughs> predictions or things that you want to see in season two of the last of us you know okay i love what they're doing i think that they're gonna continue on the right track i might want to see just a little bit more of the infected take the stage yeah for sure not not too much not too much don't don't turn it into the X-Files where it just gets weird. <laughs> yeah. Or Walking Dead or something. Yeah. yeah or Walking Dead, yeah. right? You know, like we're going to just drag this along to the point where we have to start making things up. Yeah. Don't do that. So I would see, I'd, I'd like to see a little more interaction with the infected. Nothing too dramatic. Um, but as far as a prediction, uh, going off of the ending of season one, I'm going to say that Joel and Ellie are probably going to have a lot of built up animosity uh, towards each other uh, for probably I'm thinking it's going to be somewhere around mid season. Yeah. I think they're going to prolong that. I don't know for sure. Um, I think it's going to be interesting because you got to continue to move forward. You got to continue to survive. Uh, You really don't have too much of a choice, but to stick together, but you don't want to talk about the elephant in the room. So this, this is not a spoiler, um, but I will say this, that part two takes place five years after the end of this first game. That's, that's, oh, really? that's where we pick up. So that much time is, oh, so I that, could be completely wrong. I'm, I can neither confirm nor deny. I'm just <laughs> five years have passed and you still are pissed off about the, damn, that's wow. I can't spoil it all i can say is yeah, need to need to play it. part two but part two is also twice as long as the original game um oh shit yeah it's it's kind of a bear uh and and the game knows that it's that long and knows like there are parts where you're like fuck this game's still going the game knows <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's meant to be quite a quite a um a, a task to, to get through, but it's well worth it. Story is absolutely amazing. I, I honestly just want to see, yeah, I'm not going to make a prediction since I know the story, but what I want to see Pretend is, like yeah, you don't. I, I want to see the same level of quality and, and care that went into this. Right. And because it clearly shows in the success of the show, like why I think this show 
was as successful as it was is kind of hit what I call this like this holy trinity of of things, right? You had a network pick up the TV show that was like, hey, we're going to throw as many millions of dollars into the production of this as possible. And then the second part of that is all the suits at the network going, hey, we just want you to do whatever the fuck you want because we're paying for it. (laughs) And all the suits kind of stayed the fuck out of the way. And then the third part was that you got people from the game. So you had the original writer, Neil Druckmann. You had some of the the original voice actors play small roles in the TV show. Um, You had the the composer and, and, and a bunch of like animators and people from the show, all the people that did like the prosthetics for the, um, for the infected and stuff like they chose to do this show because they love the story. So there's so much care that went into this. So you hit this trifecta, right? And that's why I think that this show was as successful as it was because the suit stayed out of the way. They had unlimited fucking resources. And then you got people who were directly involved in the, in shaping the story, the characters and the game itself involved. hundred percent. Uh, I, I made the mistake because I thought after the show that um, HBO had a audio version of the show that you could go listen to, which I would be a huge fan of because yeah. like I said earlier, I'm an audio guy, not a visual guy uh, for the most part. It, that's not what, that's not true. That didn't happen. What they did do was a podcast with the characters, with the staff yeah. and they talked about it and I didn't listen to them all, but I did listen to a, part of uh that specific thing where it was basically like the big wigs the people with the money yeah they said no we trust you guys yeah. and gals we know that you care about this more than anybody else exactly and we put full trust that you're gonna do right with our money and i that's yeah that is that's why it was so successful yeah 100 percent so, I mean, that's that's what I want to see out of season two. Uh, they, they've kind of already come out and said a couple of things regarding season two and that because it's a five year time jump, Ellie has aged five years, obviously. So she's 19 in the story of good. Two. That, those hormones got to do something on your body yeah, to do it that which, quick. Five years yeah. and like, what, nine months? <laughs> but, but Bella Ramsey is currently 19 in real life. So it's like, I, I think she, she did a phenomenal job. And I think that she can do that version of Ellie. But they've already stated because of part two being uh, twice as long as the original game that it's probably going to be broken up into at least two seasons, which it would have to be because of just how long that game is and the story that is that game, it'd be impossible to do in like a 10 episode season. I just, I don't see a way around that. I think that's smart, right? Because if you take season two and you spread that to become season two and three, I feel like that might give a little bit more time for magical things to happen going down the road. Yeah. I mean, unconfirmed but like they're working on something it's gotta be last of us part three like it's in in my mind with the success of what they already have and you know you're gonna have the continued success i think they will why would you not release part three 
I mean, they're working on a multiplayer game because uh, the, the original Last of Us had a, it, it actually a very killer, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, like uh, <coughs> multiplayer component to it. It was super fun because it's basically playing the game, but multiplayer. So it's like it's not like playing Call of Duty where you can pick up a gun that's got, you know, 50 bullets in a clip and then you got three extra clips on you. It's like, no, you find a gun that may have a bullet in it and you got to shoot someone who might or may not have a gun or a two by four or something. So it was very minimal and it was so fun. I loved the multiplayer. That's a good point. When I what that's actually something that I really liked is that you don't have anything. And as you move through the game, you're like, Oh, there's a gun. There's ammo. Oh, I only got three bullets or I got this board with nails in it. And you got to figure out how to make your weapon last. Yeah. You know, so I actually thought that that was a really good, realistic part of the game. Yeah. I mean, there's there's still video gaminess to it where like after four hits, your two by four breaks and then your baseball bat break, you know, but it that's just all video sure. game shit. But yeah, they really tried to kind of make it as real world and grounded for, for a game that came out 10 years ago. You know what I mean? It came out 2013. Right. So. On, on the opposite side of that, though, remember, I'm playing on PS4. Yeah. I only have four bullets, and I, I can't shoot the person standing two foot in front of me because the controller, I'm like, I need to move just a little bit to the left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just yeah. shot the window of the car across the street. Sure. You got to get those uh, what, oh, supplements uh, that they call them in the game, and then you can, you can uh, spend your supplement points to reduce your yeah. weapon sway. Um, <laughs> sure. Yeah. It is a fun game, yeah. though. Uh, the story is great, even though I haven't made it all the way through. Um, hate me for that. That's fine. No, I you're don't fine. care. Um, but yeah, no, the, the show, come on. 100% worth it. Yeah. I, I liked how, and I've talked to you, so I do have a little bit of insight. Yeah. I liked how they took, uh, what was it? Episode three was one of them, and I think... Uh, maybe it was six. I, I can't remember, but they took the time to kind of step away from the main story and give you more story. Exactly. I actually really liked that. Yeah. The episode three was the Bill and Frank episode. And yeah. like, and I said it in my, in my reaction uh, episode, like Frank is just a corpse in the game. We don't know anything other than, uh, a couple of notes that you find and some dialogue with Bill. So the fact that we actually got to see Frank alive and got to see how he meets Bill and then their whole relationship. I love that. They kind of just took a pause and gave us uh, such a really cool episode. And um, yeah, that the fact that they kind of branched out, like I already mentioned it earlier, kind of gave Henry and Sam more of a story and took some time there. Um that was really cool. I love too, like uh, episode six where they took time to actually kind of go into Maria's character, Tommy's wife. Like when they finally get to Tommy's town, like we don't actually get that in the game. You know, it's kind of hinted at that Maria and Ellie kind of start a relationship kind of a thing where it's like kind of a maternal protective kind of thing. Um, but they actually kind of see it in the show, but they're kind of doing this like verbal standoff where Maria's trying to confront her about who Joel really is as a person. And Ellie's like, you know, fuck you. He's my dad. And don't talk 
don't talk about him like that kind of a thing, which is very true to who Ellie is as a character, right? Like she's, she's honest, she's loyal. And if, if you don't jive with what she's saying, it's like, okay, I got a switchblade. You got a throat. Let's see which one wins here. <laughs> like that's just kind of who right. she is. Let me, let me ask you another question. Sure. Again, we're off the script. Here. Oh yeah. It's totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> so the last season for my wife and I was just a complete like, wow. Yeah. Right. So we had this discussion. I'm kind of interested in what your thoughts are. Okay. Is throughout the season, there was kind of a prime. Well, there was, there was a primary quest. We have to get Ellie dropped off. She's cargo. Yeah. And there's so many things that happen. And that of course starts to kind of change Joel's mind and the way he acts and so on and so forth. But when they finally get to the destination where they're supposed to be yeah and then okay so we're gonna we're gonna put ellie um you know she's gonna go into surgery um this is you know this is to we're gonna basically sacrifice one life to save a million yeah and then joel's like this ain't right and and i don't know if he's thinking about just in general, it's not right. Or if he's at that stage where the world has taken away my daughter once, I'm not going to let this happen again. I think it's it's definitely more the former than the latter. It's basically like, you know what? I, I lost my daughter once, like you said, and, you know, come hell or high water, no one's taken my daughter from me again. That was the whole, like, baby girl thing when... When Ellie comes out of the the burning restaurant after like hacking up Dave, uh, David, right? Which was a freaking amazing Dude, scene, and it's so fucking awesome in the game. <laughs> it is so good. Ah. It's so good. Um, but yeah, that moment when he calls her baby girl. Oh my god, dude! The, just heartstrings freaking pulled. Um, yeah, it. I think it's exactly that. It's like you know what you're not taking my daughter from me and, and to hell with everybody. But there, there's a little bit of um, logic. I think that Joel might have in that there's, there was no guarantee that the fireflies or like, you know, Marlene would be able to extract whatever it is that makes Ellie immune and to actually make and then distribute a vaccine. It was more of a theory. Sounds, sounds awkwardly familiar. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so there, there, there was <laughs> <laughs> glossing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there was no, um, there was no concrete evidence that it was actually going to work. You actually, in the game, you find like one of those little like kind of tape recorder things. And Marlene has doubts when you, when you play it, she's like, you know, I just don't know if it's going to work kind of a thing. Um, so there was no guarantee that it was really going to work. And Joel was already like, you know what? I just because the whole game takes place over the course of a year. And so when you go through all the shit that they went through, starting in Billstown and then Pittsburgh, making your way to Salt Lake, uh, the the university and then getting to Salt Lake City and all of that, like the whole journey throughout a year and all the shit that they went through, like, yeah, that's his daughter now. And you know what? He's going to shoot a motherfucker. That's just what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Many. It, it was it was a very sharp turn. Yeah. It, I'll have to say that because, I mean, it was just this very slow, like, lead up. You know, like, there was a lot of times where it was just kind of like, 
yeah, okay, I guess we're going to be around each other for a lot. And then all of a sudden it's like, now I'm responsible for you. Yeah. Like it, it was almost like an instant trigger. Yeah. So the, um, yeah, and there's so many little moments that happen throughout the game where they start building trust. Like the whole Pittsburgh level, which was Kansas City for the TV show, there's mm-hmm. there's so many moments within that whole thing leading up to when you meet Henry and Sam where um, they have these just little exchanges of things where Ellie saves Joel's – Ellie saves Joel's life in this story twice. He gets uh, she she saves him from drowning in the hotel level, and then saves him again after he got in the game. He gets shot, uh, impaled by rebar at the university, and she's got to stitch him up, right? So she saves huh. his life twice, and it's just you know, it's 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 brutal. It, Speaking of that, that's funny. Yeah. My wife's a nurse. Yeah. Uh, so in the episode where uh, Ellie gets the the uh, the penicillin, yeah. the medication, mm-hmm. and and she's just sticking <laughs> just the needle right the needle. into the yeah. wound, <laughs> my wife is like, "No, <laughs> what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, but I, I love the. So it was real for her. Beautifully acted too, because Ellie. You know, she's supposed to be 14. She has no idea what she's doing, right? It's just like, okay, no. we're just going to see if, if this works. No idea. And I, I love the way that Bella Ramsey played it out here. Like, she has no idea what she's doing. Just going to see, see what happens here. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, but that's that's real in my mind. You know, you're faced with a situation you know nothing about. So you have to utilize your knowledge, however you got it, and figure something out. So you know you need medicine. You got the medicine. Now you're like, okay, well, now this person needs to have the medicine. I suppose I'll put the medicine in the owie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. it never made sense to me why I had to have that shot in my butt when the pain's all the way up here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, that that episode was so good because uh, I love the, be, the beginning of it. Um, you know, when Riley shows up and and she's talking to Ellie about the scar that Ellie has and they talk about stitches and then the the idea of stitches comes up a couple more times. And then what does Ellie find thread and a needle and then is sewing stitches into Joel by the end of it? I was like, fucking God, man, they 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 do so much duality and shit within the in the story. And I absolutely love it. And they they do it tenfold in part two. And it's it's so good because much like the first game and there's so many examples of it, especially with like Henry and Sam where you're seeing the exact same characters on the exact same journey, just different starting points within the same journey. And I fucking love it. It's so good. And they do it tenfold in part two. It's really good. Nice. Can I, can I do a timeout real quick? Big balls, a little bladder. Yeah. All good. Now that Tim has made PP, uh, we can resume. <laughs> Leaving that in. PP <laughs> time. It's always PP time. It's, al- it's always PP time. Poo poo time. Yeah. Not always poo poo. Oh, what is it? It's like I don't know how that goes. Uh, not all PP times are poo poo times, but all poo poo times are PP times. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> how much time have we spent on social media? Um, uh too much too much too much yeah all good
So, man, we have been talking for almost uh, an hour on The Last of Us TV show and the game. So anything else that you want to say in closing before we kind of pimp out your your podcast here at the end? <laughs> <laughs> no, man. It's been an actual, an absolute blast uh, being on the show with you. Appreciate I, it, uh, yeah, you know, I know we, we, we talked via text and phone and, you know, I was, I was super excited to, to have you in my contacts and to be able to geek out with you and, and, and kind of like, Oh, what's going on with this or this or that. Uh, so I enjoyed it. And then when you hit me up and you're like, Hey, you want to come on? I'm like, it's not my birthday, but yes, <laughs> yeah, man. I want to come on. Uh, yeah. so yeah, no, thank you again for having me. Absolutely enjoyed it. And I'll come back on anytime. I'll ruin your show. <laughs> can't, can't be ruined any, any more than it already has with just me and, and the boys. So <laughs> it's all good. No, man. Yeah. I, I, like I said, in the beginning, I wanted to have you on cause I was like, man, he's like the perfect candidate. Cause it's someone that, that I know. And, and, and like you and I have been like podcast friends for a couple of years now. And it was like, we're coming at this from completely opposite starting points, but arriving pretty much at the same destination together. And it was, it was cool. And, um, yeah, man. So thank thank you for coming on. Um, as I mentioned in the opening, you also do a couple of podcasts. So let's talk about the ones that you do. What what uh, what what do you want to pimp out here? <laughs> sure. Uh, let me. I'll tell you what. Uh, let me let me just start off with saying that if you have something that you're passionate about, yeah, and you can do a little bit of research and figure out how to record it and put it out there, there's somebody. That will listen to it. Of course. It doesn't matter if 100%. it's one person yeah. or a thousand people. If it's a thousand people, kudos to you. You're the lucky one. But do it because it's fun. It's a new experience. And especially when you're doing it with other people, yeah, it's a way to build and keep bonds with friends and family. 100%, man. 100%. So, yeah. Um, yep. And like you mentioned, we, we had met through, uh, well, we each have our own podcast, but we were kind of part of a bigger group of podcasters and that's how we became friends and so on and so forth. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad that we're still staying, staying in touch. Yes, sir. I'm like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I started off with, uh, eyes forward March, uh, or EFM for short. And, uh, really it's, it's a military type of podcast, so yeah. it's not for everybody. It's, uh, if you've been around military folks or you've been in the military, you'll probably understand our frustrations and our humor. Um, but really it's just kind of a thing that me and my buddy uh, who is also in the military, we met, uh, halfway across the country on your side of the estate. Yes, sir. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were just talking and we're like, wouldn't this be cool? Turns out three years later, it's still not cool, but we enjoy doing it. <laughs> no, uh, it so cool. uh, tune into Eyes Forward March that comes out every other week. And uh, the podcast that I uh, just recently started, and I do this because my favorite hobby is to have many hobbies, um, <laughs> So uh, is Pandemic Guitar Podcast. And uh, yeah. this one I'm really excited for. And I, I, I do want to give you a little bit of an exclusive, a little bit of a backstory. Ooh, on this one. Nice. Heard it here uh, first so, on VGL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, it was, uh, what was it? It was, good Lord, three years ago. So it would have been 2020. Right before the pandemic hit, uh, I was getting ready to turn 40. 
my birthday was just around the corner and I grew up where my dad uh, played guitar forever. So I've been exposed to it yeah. and I've tinkered around in my childhood and never took it seriously. Never did. Yeah. So I was turning 40 and uh, I, w- I just decided, I don't know if it was like a midlife crisis or not. I hope it wasn't. I hope it's not. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm going to buy a guitar. I'm going to take this seriously. And then as that evolved, I was like, wait a second, where can I learn how to play? Well, my dad, my dad's been playing forever. So I was like, it took a while, yeah, a long while. Uh, and I'm finally, I'm like, Hey dad, who's also a tech geek. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, Hey, what do you think about doing a podcast? You know, we talk about guitars and musicians, you know, and you know, kind of the underlying thing is, is that I, I, I know my dad, I have a relationship with my dad, but I wanted to build on that. Everybody's getting older. And, uh, then a couple episodes in I'll backtrack just a minute. When you think you're going to do a podcast, yeah. you sit there and you dwell on it and you dwell on it and you think, well, this, well, let's do, sit down and hit the record button. People just do it. Just do it. Yes. hundred percent. Uh, you know, uh, it might sound like crap, but it'll take a little bit for people to find you anyway. Uh, but anyway, so a couple episodes in my sister ended up coming on the episode. Now she is a regular and. What's cool about this is that I'm learning from the master, which is dad. And now my sister is starting to learn from the master. And this podcast has brought my father, myself, and my sister closer together than we ever have. That's amazing. And so if, man. Yeah. if I had nothing else to do, if, if I had to give everything up, but I had to keep one or two things, it would be EFM and pandemic because uh, I really enjoy the time that I have with my friends and family creating content for myself and for listeners just like you. Yes, sir. And I listen regularly to both shows. I've actually been. I don't know why. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've been podcasting for, for years now. You started EFM way before VGL started. And the audio quality, because you are a tech geek, is fucking outstanding. Um, I was going to say, I've been on an episode of VFM. It was called A Chat with Civilian Polygon. Yep. I can't wait to have you back on, too. Uh, it was a very fun episode, because uh, you just go listen to that. I don't remember what episode number it was. And PGP, I'm a huge fan of, because I, you know, listeners of this show know that I also play guitar, and so I love the whole family dynamic. I was... Uh, I'll kind of toot my own horn just a little bit here. I was a cheerleader kind of rah-rah for you when you first told me that you were going to do this. I was like, fuck yeah, I can't wait. Like, let's go, man. (laughs) Um, And you sent me a cool poster uh, and some pics, and I use the pics. I also, I keep like three of them so that I'm never going to use them. And I, I, I try to keep <laughs> just cause like, I want to, I want to hold on to them, man. Cause they're, they're, they're cool. Yeah. And it's like a memento. And uh, thank you again for sending me those. But yeah, I think I still have like 75 of them left. Nice. <laughs> um, but they are, they are great. So if you're into military humor, um, EFM Ice Ward March is a great podcast and you guys are usually recording that and like it's like a 30 to 35 minute podcast most of the yeah, time. We, we yeah, we the whole concept behind that was something quick and easy to listen to and hopefully give you a good laugh while you're on your way to or from work. That was kind of the thought there. And the the family aspect of Pandemic Guitar Podcast is really fun. Your dad is super knowledgeable and knows everything there is about guitars, not just 
like favorite guitarists and music. I'm talking about like everything down to how a guitar is built, how it's supposed to sound, how to repurpose a guitar. You guys have been doing this series of uh, the project guitar where you guys bought a guitar and he's redone the truss rod, the bridges, the nuts, like literally anything about the guitar as an instrument. Your dad, Rick, knows so much shit about. It's phenomenal. It blows my mind. What blew me away is the project guitar number one I now own. Yeah. And that was never discussed. It was never talked about. I had no idea that was going to happen, but he knew that I'm a humbucker guy. I love the sound of humbucker. Yes, sir. This guy figured out a way to fit three humbuckers in a single, single, single body. (laughs) It's insane. Yeah. And there's some pictures of it on Instagram and they look freaking cool. (laughs) They are. So, Uh, uh, Project guitar number two is about to begin. Yes. I can tell you that much. Nice. I can't wait. So um, for what it's worth, huge endorsement for me for both shows. I will have links to all of that in the show description for this. Follow Pandemic Guitar and EFM both on Instagram. You can find them there. Um, You guys aren't on Twitter, right? Just Instagram only? Correct. Yeah. Barely. I think I may end up having to make that jump at some point too because – yeah, reasons. Just fuck Twitter. But uh <laughs> <laughs> we we should do we should just do whether it's on your show or one of my shows or just a random show whatsoever. We should literally do something about the hassles of trying to create content. Yeah. And work with social media. Yeah. It, it is a it. pain in the ass. That's it the really worst is. part of it all. Yeah. Um, it really is. It really is. Um <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. And, and keeping it fresh. Like I, and I'm, I'm a hundred percent lazy with my posts. Like I just grab pictures and then I just do a shit ton of hashtags and just hope people see it, view it and go, Oh shit, cool. They got a new episode. Let's, let's go check it out. Um, I could be a lot better. There's other good like video game podcasts that do it way better than I think I could ever do it. And they're great. Um, but yeah, for what it's worth, huge endorsement for me, go listen to EFM and project guitar, uh, podcast. Pandemic. Fuck. Go listen to <laughs> Eyes Forward March and Pandemic Guitar Podcast. They are both phenomenal. Um, so, Tim, thanks so much for being here, brother. It was a pleasure and hope to record again with you very soon, whether on one of your shows or back here in BGL. Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. You guys know where to find us. VGL underscore podcast, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a like, comment, review, and we will catch you guys on the next episode. See ya!